Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. I'm Kevin, and I'm happy to be hosting you today. Today, I have an awesome guest coming out of Dallas, Texas, and it's Dawn Smith. She's got an interesting story, a niche practice that I'm happy for her to, to share with you today. So Dawn, thank you so much for joining me on the show, and I look forward to hearing more about your firm. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be with you. I, I love your podcast. Well, yeah, I appreciate that uh, very much. That means a lot. You know, I was talking to Dawn backstage, if you will, and it was just kind of talking about a few things that we might hit on today. And really what we're looking for here on the show always is to bring other attorneys that are tuning in or like Dawn, good information, things that they can apply in their law firms. And so having managing partners that have been successful or not successful in some cases, sharing their stories, things that they've done. Uh, we're looking for lessons learned. And and the thing is, I don't own a law firm, but those thing, things can be applied to my business as well. So for me, this is just an awesome learning experience to have these conversations at the same time. So, so I do appreciate that. I get a lot out of this podcast myself. Couldn't do it without great guests. So Dawn, tell us about yourself, your story, and how you you kind of got where you are today. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I, I mean, I'm excited to be here, be a managing partner of a firm. It's kind of one thing that I've always wanted to do since I was about nine years old. And I, I really can't believe that I, I do own a firm and I'm managing a national practice. You know, I was raised by a single mom and my grandparents were very involved in my life. I was adopted by my stepdad when I was nine. And going through that practice, you know, going through seeing that whole process really just, I don't know, it kind of brought me to life, right? I was just like, wow, you know, I remember sitting with the judge and talking to the judge and he just seemed so kind and so helpful. And I just thought that's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. So since then, you know, I've kind of been on a path. I've, I've gotten off of it a couple of times. I started college when I was 18 and bailed out and started again and graduated law school when I was 30, 29. And it's just been kind of a roller coaster since then. Well, that's a great story. And, you know, it's, I think most people think, oh, lawyers just decide and they go to law school and they, you know, they go right into practice and uh, there's, there's no other path. And, you know, I get to hear a lot of cool stories on this show of folks that are like, I didn't want to be an attorney. I don't even know how I got here. And, and they, they wanted to go be a mechanical engineer, like all kinds of different things that, that I hear, it's, which is really cool. But you find yourself at some point, and I, and, and I know a lot of attorneys too, they, they think, or they end up in a firm, you know, and they don't stay in that practice area. They, they find out quickly that's not for them. They might jump around for a while. And then it seems they, they find their passion at some point. And so Absolutely. that's a pretty, pretty common story. Uh, real quick, I wanted to just while people are tuned in here uh, to check Dawn out and her firm to learn more about them and to check them out. Uh, it's fightingelderabuse.com. 
So fightingelderabuse.com. I love the .com. Nice and easy to remember. It's not got all the partners' names in it. It used to. Yeah, I'm loving that URL too because my partner's name is Klein Smith, and that's always a little bit challenging. Definitely having to spell that out. Sometimes people think there's three of us. There's only two of us. It's Smith Klein Smith. So making that switch and niching down to this elder abuse practice has really been great. Yeah, and a lot of times I see here's a pitfall for anyone listening. You have all your partner's names. This happened to a client the other day. This happened to a client like twice, the same client twice. That partner left. We got to change everything. Oh, that partner is retiring. Now we got to change everything again. And it's like just from a digital presence standpoint and SEO, which is my world, that can cause so much damage. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So pick something like what she's done and, and make sure you can stick to it. So Dawn, tell us a little bit more about what you're doing now, what you're focused on. You're, you have a national practice, uh, multiple offices. So just give us a little background on um, what you do. Uh, obviously, the dot-com fighting elder abuse is a pretty good indicator, but <laughs> tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. So we're a national uh, elder abuse firm. So we file cases on behalf of plaintiffs against nursing homes, assisted living facilities, group homes. And we decided to take that practice nationally just within the last about three years. So it's kind of an interesting story. My my partner, Curtis Kleinsmith, was my mentor. I met him when I was completing my undergrad. He wrote me a letter of recommendation to get into law school. And then I went to law school in California. He stayed here in Texas. And we just kind of kept in touch, right? And I stayed with the same firm, a plaintiff's firm in Orange County, uh, the whole time that I was out there, learned to try cases, tried three cases my very first year out. I was so grateful to my bosses that they put that confidence in me. I mean, gosh, talk about learning by fire, but it was a great experience. So I just kept in contact with Curtis and there was an opportunity for me to move back to Dallas where the majority of my husband's family was. And we decided to move back so I could take a position handling a docket of about 600 asbestos cases. Um, I'd never done asbestos before, but I knew I wanted to grow. So I took this job and we kind of started in, in mass torts. And then Curtis and I had a practice with mass torts, and, but he kept his personal injury firm. So he did a lot of elder abuse cases and he's been doing that now for 25 years. So we had all of these national cases involving asbestos and other toxic torts. And we just were having a conversation one day and we thought, you know, that market is so saturated. Why don't we focus on, on elder abuse and do that nationally? Because I had developed a lot of contacts across mm. the country, you know, a lot of local council to where we, we just had these relationships in probably about, I don't know, about 10 or 12 states already. So I just remember we were having lunch and kind of when I said it, a light bulb went off on, in his head. And so, you know, over the last couple of years, it's been a struggle just kind of making sure that we, we did everything right, niching down, building out teams. Mm. It's been a challenge, but really COVID brought us uh, forward so fast. I'm so grateful because I just used to be traveling probably, I don't know, at least three days a week with little kids and you know, to be able to do a hearing in New York in the morning at 7 a.m. or 7.30 and then uh, do another hearing in L.A. at 10.30 <laughs> Dallas time and then do a deposition in the 
afternoon. I mean, it's just, it's life-changing. So I'm just grateful that we're, we're able to help as many people as we can. Yeah. So when Dawn and I spoke about a week ago to just kind of get prepared for this show, you know, I was like, you know, what would you like to talk about or what could you talk about? And we always try to strategize a little bit. And yeah, I remember you being like, well, so for one elder law, most of the firms that I know are usually with in their general area specific to where they are sometimes not even the whole state. And they kind of focus deep in a, in the area that they're in, you know, how unique is a national elder practice? Yeah, I mean, I think it's very unique. Most of the lawyers that are handling these cases do it on a relatively small scale. They have, you know, 20, 30, 40 cases uh, that they're working at any given time, doing just a, a lot of discovery on them and really focusing with maybe two or three lawyers at the most. And if you do a practice like that, you can only take the very best cases, right? Because you're spending, you're putting so much of your time and effort into these mm a few cases. So you only take the best ones. So we just saw that there was just such an underserved population, especially with the baby boomers and so many people going into nursing homes and assisted living facilities. And we have some horrific cases that have been turned down by multiple firms. So to be able to practice at this level on a national scale and to systematize things as much as we can so that everyone is getting a customized experience across all states that we're working in. I mean, that is absolutely what we're trying to do to make sure that we can serve people that deserve to be served that have been turned down by some of the other law firms. So that's, I mean, I'm, I'm really proud about what we're building there. Hey there, this is Kevin Daisy, your host and founder of Array Digital. If you're tired of wasting money with agencies that just can't get it done, then please check out my law firm, Digital Marketing Agency at ArrayDigital.com. If you contact us there, you'll be sure to line up a meeting with me where we'll walk through your exact situation and come up with a plan for what you can do to improve your marketing results. I look forward to talking to you. Now back to the show. Well, so one of the big things you said too is uh, COVID allowed this to be possible. Yeah. And so obviously bad things come out of COVID and, and a lot of negative things, but I've, I've talked to some firms, a lot of firms that have had nothing but better. Well, it's helped them a lot. So I have a lot of, you know, firms that are like, well, we only work in like this little metro area, but now they can do the whole state. Right. And so that's game changer for them. Time, right? If you got to drive all across town versus... Most of it can be virtual or all of it can be virtual. So it sounds like kind of that was required for you to really to scale this and, and to grow it to where it's at now. It's absolutely helped. You know, I mean, our, our team is mainly here in the Dallas area. We have lawyers that are licensed to practice in multiple states. One of our senior associates is licensed to practice in seven states at this point. Um, and we encourage all of our new associates to get licensed in other states. And the UBE, the new test uh, to become a lawyer, uh, had so many states accept the UBE now. So if you get a certain score on that, you can get licensed in other states without having to take another bar exam. So wow. there's a lot of things that have happened recently that have, have really kind of fostered this. And certainly 
lawyers are reluctant to make changes, especially judges and courts. Um, it's like pulling teeth to get us to move forward because once we know something works, we just don't want to change those things that we have in our life that are stable, that we know, okay, this is pretty much going to happen every single time. We like that because there's a lot of unpredictability in, in litigation. So when we were forced to start doing hearings by video, you know, by video, when we lost all of our trial dates, we had to get creative. Like, how can we keep on moving these cases forward if we can't travel? And, you know, the defense lawyers need to make money and need to build too. So they were in the same spot they were encouraged stuff out. <laughs> exactly incentivized to start you know changing things and thank goodness the courts have done that now i will say some courts are kind of going back to in person i don't know how that's going to impact everything there probably is going to be more travel involved and we'll have to expand our satellite offices more but really to be able to grow and get our systems in place covid was really the launch pad i would say yeah, I mean, for me, my, you know, my clients are nationally. I have a few that are local, which are great to go see. And I make a point, I'm making a point to travel to, to see clients in person as I can. Uh, but they're so spread out, it's really difficult to uh, to do. It's not like I got two personal injury firms in the same city or something like that. It'd be very difficult to do. So, so yeah, it's this, this has kind of been the way we work for, for a long time. And so, you know, I've seen a lot of firms benefit from it. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so give us a little bit of, I wanted to kind of get a, like more of a, a firm profile. I know you have multiple offices, but give us a little bit more idea of uh, how many attorneys you have and, and staff and, and kind of what that growth has been like in a short amount of time. Sure. So we um, have learned through mistakes, I will, I will say. Um, we've had a lot of growth just within the last six months because we took a step back and really tried to get our processes under, underneath us. Right when COVID hit, we started expanding right away. I and mean, we did that without having a lot of processes in place to where we thought we could kind of manage everybody and teach them how to do a system without having those processes. Or at least we thought we could create the processes at the same time we were hiring all these people. That was not successful. We just got kind of a little, I don't know, in front of ourselves. So we hired a bunch of new associates and they were really great. They uh, were working hard, but we had put a lot on them without giving them the structure that they needed to be successful. So we sat down in our conference room and had a frank discussion and really made some changes after that. So I would say for the last year or so we have well about a year and a half we've really been focusing on our processes we've launched a, a process website or we're about to launch it called the melios which uh -huh. everything it kind of works like google to where you can search for keywords and then the documents that are related will come up yeah it's it's really internal been, purposes exactly exactly awesome. so we're excited about that and uh, mark fisher was so generous in providing that, you know, his contact because he does it the same way. And he's just, he was very generous with his knowledge. So we started that about a year ago. We've in the last uh, six months, we've started building out the business side. We've brought on a director of communications. Uh, we've brought a chief of staff in, we've got a 
IT department now, which is crazy that we were working without an IT, anybody specialized in IT, a CIO, and also a director of IT. And that has really allowed us to just move forward in a way that makes sense so that we can really take care of our customers or clients, not our customers, our clients um, on the scale that we want to be able to do. So we've got, now we've got 12 lawyers and 40 staff overall. Wow, that's impressive. So one of the things you did there, I think, was you did that, you said you stepped back, you, you said, wait a minute. And so I, as a business owner myself and having uh, 30 staff, you tend to want to say, well, we're, we've started this service or this whatever we're doing, and it's not worthy yet of processes and systems. Like we're just going to go with it. And then maybe at some point we'll take the time to formalize it. And so next year, I mean, you know, years go by and you're, it's not growing, it's not scaling. You don't know what's going on. You have to step back and then you start, you need to start things properly. I think for a lot of business owners or even attorneys, you know, they, they probably live in the moment and they're just like, Hey, you know, we don't have time for putting in processes and systems. So I think people can just wing it or we're too small to warrant that. Right. And I think that's a big mistake. I think it's a big mistake. And I think either people will learn the hard way or they won't learn it at all. And they just kind of push on through until they have to retire and, you know, play, put some money away, but, um, yeah, exactly. so what you did there was, was massive and you can see the results from what yeah. you did and, uh, that'll continue to pay off. You can't build on top of a shaky foundation. And so as you get bigger, all that stuff's going to pay off big time. So. I, I mean, that's what we're hoping for. And, and I will say something about going through law school, like just kind of changes your brain. Like you forget, like once you know something, you know it so well that you think that you can just teach it to somebody once and they'll get it. It just becomes second nature to to you once you've been doing it for a while. So just sitting down and having a conversation and trying to train an associate about how to work up a file just seems so basic because you've just done it so many times, but it's a foreign language. It's absolutely a foreign language. And to expect somebody that's brand new out of law school just to come in and pick it up without being able to see it on paper. You know, this is the way we do it. You know, step one, step two, step three, this is why we do it. And then having that, I think the accountability part, we're still really working on, right? We're, we're getting our processes, but just making sure that everyone understands that it's so important to do it this way, because we know what works and we know what doesn't work. We've failed um, and succeeded. And we're trying to put everyone in a position to where they can succeed because then our clients are going to succeed. Yeah. And honestly, you know, to have team members, a lot of them want structure. They want to see where they're going, where you're going and that you actually have a place you're going. And is this a place that they want to be? Do they see themselves growing with your firm or is it so chaotic and they don't even know if they're going to have a job next month? So, you know, I, to have real good team members that are passionate and, and they're bought in, you need to provide them with structure and a vision and, and, Hey, here's where we're going. And then they see that, okay, there's opportunity for me, you know, where I can go all the way. Exactly. And so if not, you're not going to keep and retain people and you're going to have that problem all the time. 
And if it's not structured and there's no process and it's so chaotic, they might just get overwhelmed and then they're like, I'm going to go somewhere else. Exactly. And the candidates that we are attracting now are, are better. It's exciting. I mean, it was painful to, to get to this point. And I'm not saying it's easy by any means. I mean, it's still painful. We're still growing and yeah. which we want to, but I can see, you know, by sitting down, coming up with a vision, vivid vision, the book, read that, mm -hmm. sat Great down. Book. Yeah. We took a lot of time, Curtis and I kind of really talking about what we wanted and how our our vision aligned, you know, what he thought of the practice, what I thought of the practice. And we're both visionaries. We're both real strong personalities. And we really kind of had to kind of fight it out a little bit, lots of hard discussions. And we still have those hard discussions. But by having that roadmap to where we both know where we want to go to be able to help the most, most amount of people across the country, just having that and, and sharing it with our team members, our you know, just the, just the fundamentals, right? That helps so much when we are trying to do hard things. No, a hundred percent. And I think, um, yeah, for one, it, you know, you've seen a difference in your candidates that are coming across your, your desk. And then the thing is you, you, you have to do this for everyone. So, you know, you have someone come in, like, here's our process. Here's what you need to learn. They might even know it because they came from somewhere else or they know how to do certain things, but knowing how you do it and how you're expecting them to do it and making sure that they're in, you know, involved the, the whole way through, it makes it easy, I guess, to um, make sure you're not hiring the wrong people. Well, I know what I'm doing. So like, well, that's not what we do here. We right. have a way we do it. Uh, and we want you to follow our process and it's going to help you. And, and sometimes when you're putting new processes in place, employees are like, Oh, this is like an extra step or I got to do this. And, you know, there, there's sometimes they may feel like it's just more work for them to have to do and check a box or whatever. Um, but in the day, you have to say, hey, this is helping us and all the way down the line with other folks that are involved with this project or this client. And here's why we do that here. And once you get them involved in part of the process and changing the process and, you know, it starts to kind of, you know, take a life of its own and they start getting involved with with helping and growing the processes and and then they're hiring people because now they're moving up and they can say, hey, here's what I do all day. And I put a process together for it. And so they have some ownership in some of these processes. And so we're in the in the middle of that ourselves constantly. It'll never end, probably. But we hope not. Like, we hope it won't <laughs> end. <laughs> it'll never end. So that's right. But it's just, you know, it, when you're hiring, it's like, hey, this is how we do things here. We have process systems. Are you going to be able to follow these things? blah, blah, blah. And it really helps you find the right folks that want to contribute. And if you know something, if I hire someone that's like, they have knowledge that we don't, and that's why we're hiring them. We make it clear. We need to be able to document what you know, because we want to grow your department and hire people under you. And if you get hit by a bus, you know, we, we have clients to take care of. And so we exactly. need to have you know, how do we do, how do we make the sauce? Right. So it's important to hire the folks that are willing to do that. And sometimes we get ones that are like, I'm not sharing what I know. I'm the best. Well, have a good day, but we're. That's right. Well, and kind of moving from that old school approach to this new one is really difficult too, because you have people that you've worked with for many years, right? And we put all of this trust in them to kind of run things the way they think it's best. 
And then you've got to get buy-in from your key people when you make these changes. Like if you, and, and I don't know of anybody that starts a law firm and just has all these processes in place. And maybe that happens now more than it did when we started. I mean, I've been practicing for 20 years and uh, had a, a firm now for uh, 12. So, I mean, I didn't know anything about that. I thought a process was kind of a checklist. We do this, 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 walk mm -hmm. through the lawsuit. That's not, those aren't processes. That's a checklist. And when you're asking your, your, your key people, your team members to write things down, tell us how you do it. You know, you're great at this. They, they sometimes feel like you are taking something away from them. You know, like, yeah. are you going to replace me? Or are you, you know, why do you need all of my, my knowledge? They don't understand it so that we can scale. So I think as a firm owner, you really have to talk to your people about how valuable they are. And that's why you need their knowledge so that they can keep on doing the higher level things and take some of the, you know, lower level things off their plate so they can be more productive and grow even quicker. It's just, we had a, a hard time getting that buy-in from our key people initially. And now we're, we're running with it. You know, everybody kind of sees, okay, well, this makes sense, but it was hard. It was really hard. Well, uh, to your point there too, is say, I, I talked to like one of my top people and I have, I have some amazing folks that, you know, they manage people and they're growing their teams now. And we need to document what you do for this one process. Right. And we can look at that once they document it and say, why are you doing this and this and this, this is really basic stuff. We can have that go to a, a new for a person or an intern or, you know, an admin assistant, whatever. And, yeah, like you're saying, they can focus on higher level things where we know and we talk with them. What What is your most valuable thing that you do here that if you have more time to do it? And then we can say, OK, well, here's a lot of things that you don't need to be doing. Let's give this to someone else. And now they can they can grow and and start to move all their, their way up. So it, it uncovers so much wasted time. Yes. And I like there's an exercise. I forgot what book it was where you, you write down everything you do in a day. And then once you get like a week of all the things you did, you put them in columns. So $10 an hour of work. Yep. $100 an hour of work, which you would think, oh, that's good. Well, not really, as especially if you're the owner. $1,000 an hour of work, and then $10,000 an hour of work. And then you look at where's most of your time spent. And it's probably mostly in the $10 an hour work column. And so you want to shift that to, and I think in the book, it's like, it's like do at least two hours a, a day of thousand hour work, $10,000 an hour work would be like, you're speaking at a conference for elder law. Yeah. That's hot. That's big stuff, right? It's not something you're going to be able to do all the time, but structure and then go, you know what, look at all this $10 an hour work. And I have staff here that would be willing to, to help me, help him with that. And or maybe it's a new position that you bring in because, you know, that's not where you need to be spending your time. So it just helped open our eyes to a lot of things. And, and our team also goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm wasting a lot of time on things that I don't need to be doing. Yeah, but like that stepping back, right, and kind of looking at everything, that takes a lot of time, right? It's so much easier. We, we get this from everybody. It's so much easier. I'll just do it myself. 
right? And we're just, I'm terrible. You know, I mean, and I'm, I'm the worst. I mean, I fought with Curtis a bunch about, no, I, I can do this better than anybody else. And he's like, you know what? You just have to let go of these things. You're spending your time on $10 an hour stuff instead of, you know, $1,000 an hour stuff. And it, it was really hard for me to just kind of let that go. And I'm still, I still struggle with it. You know, I mean, when the snacks are out of order in the kitchen and the drinks aren't faced forward, I mean, I really have to kind of stop myself like, okay, let that go. You, you know, you have to go do some, some lawyer work. You know, that's what you are. You're a lawyer. So go do something that's going to make a difference for your clients and your people and all of that. Don't worry about that stuff. So, but t stepping back and really evaluating takes time. And in these practices that we have, you know, we're running, just yeah. running forward, trying to do all of the things that we have to do on a daily basis to make sure we're successful and our clients are successful. So to be able to just build that extra time in to do what it takes to, I don't know, put yourself in a better situation to grow and expand. That's, I think that's the most challenging thing to understand that that has to happen before you can take that next step or get to the next level. No, I think that's, that's massive right there is it's almost to us. It feels like we're stopping the momentum because we're going to stop and, and do processes and have meetings to discuss processes and, and try to bring the team in and we're like yeah we got a lot of work guys like we we don't we ain't got time for that but and what you're not realizing is you're not moving forward you're just you're moving laterally for, exactly for who knows how long and i've done that i've i've been self-employed since 06 i was 23 years old and i ran a company for a long time as just hit hit a wall and stayed the same revenue for five years six years and just is like what a, you know just figured there was nothing else i could do you're just sliding along and you're thinking, yeah, I don't have time to do. I, I, everyone says I should do it, but they must be wrong. I know what I'm doing and we can just keep, we just need more work. We just need. Right. Exactly. Um, so that, that's a hard thing to do. And so for anyone listening, if you are stuck or you're not growing or you're a single attorney with an assistant uh, or a paralegal that, you know, if you don't do these things, you're not going to, move away from that maybe a little bit but not much and actually you know i had uh our john robbins on recently and we were talking about you know you have a, a single attorney they want to be tight and and not spend a lot of money so they'll hire like an associate attorney and and then that associate attorney takes months and months and months before they can bill and you got to train them and then they leave because you don't have processes and they don't have a future there and then you keep doing that versus if you just hired a really good attorney that we can be off. You don't have to teach them. They can be up and running. They can be billing. And then you can start to, to get out of running the business and we'll focus on the business. And so we just talked about a lot of things like that, but um, there's so many pitfalls, but this is a major one. What Dawn's talking about having the, just the wherewithal and, and, and to be able to say, Hey, we got to stop. We got to step back because we're not going to go where we want to go. We can't help the people that we want to help. I think that was a big, a big part of that. So when I talked to attorneys like, yeah, I just want to help people. Okay. Well, you're not helping a lot of people because you're not growing. And so right. if you change your mindset, you can help more people in situations that need help by growing, building a team, they're growing, they support more families that it, there's just all kinds of good things that can happen out of it. And so 
thinking that growth is not what a lawyer should do, or it's not, it's not in good integrity or uh, whatever is wrong. You know, you'll, you'll help a lot more people if you can grow a successful law firm and scale it. Well, it's exponential, right? If you do it the right way and hiring a lawyer that's been doing it, you know, that just can kind of step into it. Just got to be careful with that too, especially if you don't have your processes down, because we've had people that have come in that can, you know, run with it, but they're not willing to change and do it our way. They want to do it their way. So then you get all of these strong personalities, lawyers in here trying to do things their own way. That is a recipe for disaster. Um, 100%. That can cause lots of problems with other team members. I think it's the book, maybe Traction or Scaling Them Up. I'm not sure, but it's like, it's like, that's the terrorist. That's the, they're good high performers, but they don't, they're not a cultural fit. And so they can, you can lose the whole team for that one person. Right. So yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And I guess back to the point is take your time, put the processes in place. I doubt any firm starts with like, okay, we have all our processes in place. I don't think it's, it's that easy, but you, you have to start documenting, even if you're a single attorney, okay, what do you do all day? How do you file your, you know, how do you get started? What do you do? And so that hopefully when you hire anybody, you can say, Hey, here's what I do all day. Right. So even if you're a single attorney, start documenting what you do, how you do it. And when you hire that first person, you can say, Hey, here's a starting point. And now I want you to document what you do all day. Once you get, you know, moving along here. Right. So yeah, massive. Yeah. I mean, the structure of, of process just, it's, I mean, it's just simple, right? What is this, you know, why do we do it this way and how do we do it and just bullet point it out. And, you know, it doesn't take a ton of time. It does take extra time and it's hard. It's not easy to actually take that time to sit down and do it, but really the, the changes that that will make that I've seen it make in our practice has it's transformational. It really is. Yeah, one of the uh, other books. So you said Vivid Vision, great book. I suggest checking out Vivid Vision. I can't remember the author at this point. Is that? I don't remember off the top of my head either. I know, I know. I just read another book by him. But either way, check out Vivid Vision. You can find it that way. And another one that's really related to what we're talking about right the second is, um, and I just finished this. And Dawn, I believe you said you have read it too. Is the Five Dysfunctions of a Team? Yes. A really good book. It's actually a good audio because it's a fable. So it's it's kind of just talking through uh, a, like a story with different characters in it. So it, it makes it easy to understand and follow. But I, I think when you when you listen to something like that, it's it really helps in this regard of here's why we do this, why we do this here. Here's why we have these things in place and understanding those five dysfunctions and your employees and, and team members understanding that I think is very helpful as well. So great book, five dysfunctions of a team. I would suggest that highly. So Dawn, let's, we'll wrap up with, with talking more about, you know, what your growth plans are. And uh, you've had a lot of growth in the last six months, I know. So, uh, but what's next for you all? And and what do you see in the next year or so? Well, so, you know, a vivid vision that you actually, the book walks you through it, right? Write it down. We've got a three-year plan to grow into other markets, hire additional attorneys. You know, we plan to open another physical office in Atlanta this year before the end of the year. So we're really excited about that. Just making sure that we have enough structure to make sure our attorneys 
have, you know, the resources underneath them to be able to serve their clients. We have, I guess we've made the dockets a little bit smaller for the lawyers so that they can spend more time on the cases and just trying to figure out what that sweet spot is. Okay. But we, we're just really, just within the last six to eight months, we've just felt like this community is really underserved. Uh, the amount of abuse and neglect that we see on a daily basis uh, with these cases coming in with the most vulnerable population, right? Mm-hmm. It's just- yeah. My I, grandma is in a nursing home as we speak. And yeah. I want to say 90, 80% of them have COVID right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it's just, it's really hard. I mean, we, we decided to take, and I talked to you about this before we got started, but we decided to take on COVID cases, even though those were, you know, there was a lot of disagreement amongst a lot of lawyers about whether or not those were worthy cases and whether or not there was going to be legislation and immunity and all kinds of immunity bills. And we, it was a risk. It was a big risk. It was a big risk. And we took on, I think, probably about 80, 80 to 100 cases. And we've learned so much. And we've won at, you know, the Ninth Circuit and the Fifth Circuit and the Third Circuit. And we actually have some cases right now that even though we've won at the Ninth Circuit, they're petitioning the United States Supreme Court, even though there's no disagreement among the circuits about whether or not these are bona fide cases that should be paid under certain circumstances. So the the nursing homes really take the, the biggest impact, I think, on folks that aren't making sure that their structure is sound, right? Mm. You know, the, the corporate entities that aren't putting enough money into staffing and training, that has a huge impact on folks that really can't communicate for themselves a lot of times if they have Alzheimer's or dementia. And a lot of times the folks working at the, at the low, you know, at the nursing home level, they, they need help. They need better training. They need more staff. And it's the corporate entities that have control over that. So we just, we're hoping that we can make an impact so that, you know, these folks are better taken care of. That's excellent. Well, yeah, big risk, but that's what we got to do when we run businesses sometimes. So I'm sure the rewards will be there. So uh, that's great that you're helping those folks uh, when most probably would not want to, like you said. So uh, a great conversation, Dawn. I mean, you know, it's something I talk about a lot, but yeah, processes and systems and, and, and that ability to step back, I think is probably the hardest thing for most people to do. If you're listening right now, you're probably thinking, it's the last thing I can do is stop everything or slow down and, you know, try to build all this stuff in place. And it's not easy, you know, but it's absolutely necessary. If think about where you want to be in three years or five years, it's not going to be tomorrow. You know, you can't, I think, you know, it's not going to be that, but where you want to be in three to five years and you can impact that for sure. And, and don't be scared to niche down, right? I mean, you don't have to do everything in personal injury. I mean, the way that the legal field is transforming it's more about a niche practice. Be a specialist. Be dedicated to one area and know it better than everybody else. I mean, that's really what has helped us grow, I think, the most because this is all we do. So, you yeah, know, our yeah. main office is in Dallas, but we can we help people all over the country because this is this is what we do. So I would just encourage people that if you have a passion, something that that you really I mean, there's lots of cases that we can handle. But if you're passionate about one, really consider picking that area of the law 
and focusing on that area of the law. And your clients are going to be better served and you're going to be more fulfilled. Well, you don't have to tell me that. Um, but yeah, everyone listening, 100%. So, you know, I niched in law for marketing and it's so much, it helps in so many ways. For one, your messaging and who you're talking to. Your website doesn't have to be just like, you know, I got clients that are like, yeah, well, we, we can't say anything about anything until they can, they let them go find the practice area page. And then we'll talk about that. But, but there's something, they're so powerful when you're just like, no, this is all we do. And they know right away if they're the right fit because you make it very clear to them. So marketing is easier. Sales is easier. Your, your lawyers become experts at that exact niche. But it's scary for most to go, well, what if I get a case that, you know, you can still take on those cases if you need to in the meantime. Once you start to niche, there's a turning point where now they're just starting to come. The, the cases come. Or for me, the law firms reach out, you know, because they say, hey, that's all you do. That's all we do. They want an expert. You know, they don't want, you know, the person down the street that does everything. So Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then national is a lot easier to do, you know, because again, you're the expert, you're not just location based and they want someone that's going to do the best for them. If you're getting brain surgery, you would seek out the best brain surgeon in the country or the world. If you had to, that's you right. don't care if they're in Dallas, Texas. Right. So exactly. Yeah. yeah I mean, the medical field's been doing it for a long time. So uh, <laughs> we lawyers need to do that too. We I guess we think we can be experts in everything and some people can maybe, but you know, I mean, I just feel like you're going to be able to provide a better overall experience and get justice for your clients more often. If you really know that area of the law. Yeah. And then the processes and systems become easier too, because it's not like, well, for a, a DUI case, you got to do this and that, or for the, like, it's, you can really start to slim that down and understand your, you know, your area of focus. So, I love it. Yeah. I guess we'll wrap it up from there. Anything else you want to share, Dawn, before we go? I don't think so. Just, you know, be brave, be bold, you know, believe in yourself, take the time to just sometimes step back to before you move forward. And I just encourage everybody to, to keep on fighting the good fight. I love it. Uh, great things to share today. I appreciate you sharing everyone. Hope you took some good things away from what Dawn had to share and six, I mean, the success that she's having in short amount of time, once they focused, started putting processes in place, obviously with video and, and access to those things that's helped them as well. But now they can keep growing and scaling on top of what they've built. And I think that's that's the biggest takeaway from, from this for sure. Vivid Vision, great book. Five Dysfunctions of a Team, amazing book. So check those out as well. If you would, please check out Dawn's website, it's fightingelderabuse.com. Again, that's fightingelderabuse.com. And Dawn, how else could people connect with you? Because I see a lot of referral opportunities for attorneys around the country that maybe get an elder case or, or something that comes through and they are not working out of state or they're not, not able to maybe handle that kind of case. What's the best way to connect with you directly? Our website is a great way to reach out to us. You can reach us here at the office, 214-953-1900. Um, I'll even give you my cell phone number. Um, you can call me on my cell. It's 469-744-9363. And, you know, I, I'm happy to talk to anybody about 
our discussion today and just what we've kind of some of the growing pains and how we've overcome those as well. We're, we've got an Instagram, Smith Smith LLP, Facebook. So there's all kinds of ways to reach out to us and, and we appreciate the opportunity. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you being open to doing that and uh, our audience and our, our community of attorneys here. This will be, you know, if you're watching this right now on LinkedIn, you can pop a comment down below and I'll tag Dawn or we'll, uh, we'll respond to you there as well. So if you have a, a question, uh, this will be on LinkedIn and YouTube and our website and of course on the podcast. So you can um, reach out and we'll answer anything you have questions about with what we talked about today or anything else. So, well, Dawn, thank you so much again. Everyone else have a great day, blessed day. Take your firm serious. Get out there and grow it. Put in processes. Let's get this going right. So thanks for tuning in and we will see you soon. Dawn. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you so much. Everyone have a good day. Thank you for listening. We have been producing this podcast for years, have had hundreds of guests and produced hundreds of episodes. We don't ask for much, but I do have one ask. If you find value in this podcast, please share it with one person just like you. The best way to do that is to send them to ArrayDigital.com where we have a full library of all the episodes that they can sort by practice area and or state. So again, we appreciate you listening and thanks for sharing.